the Sharks pull off an impressive victory, 5 nothing against the Los Angeles Kings. Does that even matter anymore, though? We'll fi- figure that out and more on this edition of Teal Town After Dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show, check us out and interact with us across all the social media platforms, that being Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the YouTube chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans that go down in the Discord. Check that out and everything else that we've got to offer over at tealtownusa.com. Shield my eyes for that double vision. It's Ian Reed. <laughs> Ian, I feel like it's deja vu. How are bit. you doing, sir? Good, good. I'm not going to pick on any goalies tonight, though. <laughs> all right, all right. So I guess there won't be any goalie bashing for the evening. So uh, if you had your pitchforks out for Mr. Ian Reed last time, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. <laughs> um, Ian, I mean, great win for the guys tonight. Uh, five nothing. So you know, of course, the Sharks are rolling on all cylinders. But I mean, what did you see tonight that was really working for them? And you know, I guess what has been the turnaround? Is it just the the fact that uh, you know the the cure all for the Sharks is to play the Kings? Yeah, I think. I mean, again, um, I like the a lot of the way they played it. You know, they they definitely did a lot more. Um, possession of the puck in the offensive zone. And I think, look, um, the LA Kings are a pretty banged up team right now, and they lost two more players today. They've lost like seven guys in five games or something just ridiculous like that. Like for them, when it rains, it pours. But, you know, so, and you, but you have to take advantage of that, right? Like the Sharks were banged up for a long time and a lot of teams beat up on them. So it's nice to see them kind of return the favor to another team, especially a team that we don't like, like the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's it's just kind of interesting the way that the, the team has gone, you know, up and down, up and down. And it, it seemingly some opponents have a really hard time with what the Sharks can bring at them. And some opponents are just able to slice through the team, you know, like a warm knife through butter. So I don't know. Again, just kind of. It, it's been Jekyll and Hyde, you know, all season. But again, it's good to see the big boys stepping up. Um, you know, the 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 scoring, you know, starts off uh, about halfway into the first period. Timo Meyer with his 25th on the season, Burns and Benino on the assists there on the power play. Um, Ian, what do you think about that power play goal? And and you know, it, it's not the first time we'll mention the power play going on. No, uh, power play was really good tonight. Um, again, just puck movement. You know. Uh, offensively, you know, good forecheck. Um, the puck gets to Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer makes no mistake. Um, I, look, Cal, Peter, Cal Peterson has been pretty good for the Kings this year. I know that we've seen a lot of Jonathan Quick this year, but when called upon, I think Cal Peterson's done a pretty decent job for the Kings in, in games that I've watched anyway. Um, and, you know, uh, but they got to him early and they got to him often. So definitely what you want to see the Sharks do, um, probably would have wanted to see them do it a little bit earlier in the season than now. Um, but you know what? I, again, like I'm not going to come on here and, and cry over a win. <laughs> well, right. 
right and and i i think again i for me it's closing the year out with positives um and this is definitely a positive and and definitely you know shows that that the team you know still has some semblance of talent on it and again we like to talk about wins not about losses so you know it's good to see the team you know give us something good to talk about but um going uh, a little bit further on into that first period Matt Nieto scores his fifth of the season with Benino and this one is just a great little pop out um Benino gives to um it uh, gives it to Matt Nieto right at the corner of the uh, of the goal uh, and, uh, you know, he just slips it by Cal Peterson. And again, that third line that has been very stout defensively, but hasn't really been potting a lot of offensive uh, goals, you know, comes through with a, with a big one. And I think um, for me, that second goal really is where the team started to assert itself a little bit more. Um, and, and I felt that, you know, the Kings after that second goal kind of seemed a little deflated. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. Um, I think, I, I, I think you know, the 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 third line is probably something that the I think Bob Wigner probably would have probably hoped for more, you know, to get more from them this season um, than he has. Um, but you know, it's nice to see Nieto get on the board. Um, yeah, but you know, again, it's. It, <laughs> The theme, the theme of this is like, you know, it's too little too late at this point. But, I mean, it's still nice. I mean, look at the Sharks are coming up on a trade deadline where I think, you know, some guys are going to draw. Is Matt Nieto going to be one of those guys? Probably not. But, you know, it's nice to it's nice to have guys kind of get going at the right time, because if you are going to just kind of start selling everything, maybe, you know, I, again, I don't think Matt Nieto's going to have GMs banging down Doug Wilson's door, but you know, um, to, to get going and to get some goals, you know, right up, right near the end here. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, again, good more, uh, you know, good moral victories and, you know, getting guys, you know, on the board is, is, uh, going to be kind of interesting to see, you know, how it sets up for, for seasons future. And, you know, a guy that we mm -hmm. wanted to see a little bit more out of and, and who ended up did, eventually scoring was Jonathan Dolan who desperately needed a goal. I mean, he needed a goal like no other and he gets it nine, uh, 19 minutes, 11 seconds uh, on the clock with Meyer giving the uh, only assist. It was a, um, it was a, an initial um, shot by Meyer then that, uh, excuse me, sorry. It was a, a kick out by Meyer uh, mm -hmm. that missed hurdle that then got to uh jonathan dolan and he was jonathan able, to, dolan, yeah. able to capitalize on that one and and for me you know again sigh of relief for jonathan dolan because that kid needed a goal like no other uh ian what are you seeing in jonathan's game just that has you know kind of gotten him in gear a little bit more i think a little bit like i think with the sharks being able to kind of like push their forecheck a little bit more than they had previously before the last couple of games i feel like you're going to get confidence from that, right? Like it's, it's hard to get your confidence back when you're constantly chasing the game. And I think that the sharks being able to like hold some, some offensive zone time, like real offensive zone time. That's not just dump chase, dump chase, dump chase, uh, you know, can allow a guy to like Jonathan Dolan to get a little bit of his confidence back. And I think, 
you know, that's the big thing for him right now is, is he has to be confident that he's going to go out there and he's, he can be a difference maker because he has all the tools to be a difference maker for this team. And we have seen earlier in the season where he had been a big difference maker. Um, obviously, he's been a little bit in do- uh, Bob Bugner's doghouse, which doesn't help. Uh, unfortunately for some guys, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get your confidence when you're afraid to make the slightest mistake and end up back in the press box. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think that allowing, you know, since he's come back in the lineup and the, the sharks have looked better in the last two games significantly. Um, and again, you know, it's important to point out that this is a very beat up LA team. Um, I'm not I'm I want to see them beat up on some other teams now before I'm like okay all their problems are solved and we're back right oh yeah yeah I mean I think again you know we talk about just extracting the the most out of the season because I I don't have very much um uh, I don't have very large expectations for the rest of the season to be quite honest with you after the way that the team had played before yeah um and for me it's just about uh, learning the uh, the building blocks for next season and, and getting young players uh, more time on ice and getting maturity out of players because um, quite frankly you know again I, I don't foresee anything happening this season but you know to build upon for future seasons and um, to have an organization that's got a little bit of depth and you know that that's got some players that have seen um, you know both the bad times and the and you know the potential good when mm-hmm. we do come out of this so um. So, you know, the, the Sharks ended that first period, um, you know, really, really well with the three nothing lead. Um, the interesting thing, you know, that the shots on goal were 15 11 in, in favor of the Kings. Um, and, you know, I, I think that the Sharks, again, were, were guilty of giving up, um, you know, giving up some softies through the neutral zone. Um, and then I think, you know, there were a, there were a couple times where when LA really pushed its own four check and really pushed its forwards way down into the zone, it did give the sharks a little bit of, uh, of some fits. Um, I mean, Ian, from a goaltending perspective, what did you see from Aiden Hill out of that first period that just, you know, got him to shut out, you know, through the I mean, first everything, 20? everything you want to see from a guy coming back from such a long layoff, right? Um, Aiden Hills had a pretty Jekyll and Hyde season. I think we can all agree on that, but man, when he's been on, he's been on and tonight he was, he was on, um, if, you know, and that's, and that's the thing with Aiden Hill. It's Aiden Hill has a lot of good tools. It's just an issue of can the sharks mold that into consistent goaltending because the problem with Aiden Hill this year has been consistency, right? You know, the, 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 the peaks have been high. For, for Aiden Hill this year, I think like there's definitely been some good games where Aiden Hill has absolutely stood on his head and you're like, yeah, that, that guy could be a guy going forward. But then the valleys have been very low, right? Like there's, there's been times in the season where a lot of people, um, you know, would compare him to Martin Jones. And my response to those times at that, you know, in those points, I was like, no guys, Martin Jones was good once. Um, but no, I mean, Aiden Hill tonight was fantastic. And if he can continually put games like that together, then I think he will find himself, you know, maybe here or somewhere else he'll find himself, you know, is he ever going to be a starter? I'm not sure, but he's definitely, you know, he could definitely settle into that nice one B slot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, Going into that second period, um, 
the Sharks would again be, you know, kind of chasing it a little bit. And I think, uh, you know, in especially in the opening part of that second period, you figured that the the, um, the Kings would be coming out really hard. Um, but, you know, the Sharks were hemmed in a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but ended up getting a power play eight minutes in and uh, Tomas Hurdle scoring his 24th of the season, Couture and Meyer with the assists. Um, yeah. yeah, Hurdle getting another goal and um, really, I mean, just good – it's fortuitous positioning, yes, but yeah. it was also uh, well deserved because I think Hurdle did do a lot of muscling out front. I mean, did kind of pay up a price to get that goal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, like regardless of what happens with Tomas Hurdle after the trade deadline, whether he's here, whether he's gone, or whatever, like the Sharks, you know, if, if they're going to be competitive for the rest of the season, and I know right now, like you don't want that because they're not they're they're too far out of the playoffs to get back in so (laughs) this is a bad time to get really competitive but if the sharks are going to be you know like you still want to watch the games right you still want to be entertained by the games and like as much as everyone's on team tank at this point i'm sure come on tell me you didn't enjoy watching the game tonight right so if they're going to be you know if they're going to be competitive these guys need to get going and you know hurdle was definitely a guy who probably needed to get going a little bit i think couture really needs to get going i think couture is the guy that probably concerns me the most right now especially if hurdle's gone uh come the trade deadline which i'm not again i'm not advocating for i'm not saying that's going to happen or not happen i'm just saying if it does happen um that's going to put a lot of pressure on couture who probably needs to step up a little more maybe not step up but he needs to get going yeah yeah and and i think you know, again, we we're talking about um, you know the team becoming more competitive and stuff. But again, eight points out on the second wild card, um, and you know it's 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 definitely tough sledding to try and get get yourself back into there. And again, I think that that's why I've tempered my expectations at this point. Um, but again, they the uh, the team um, would shut out uh, would continue to shut out around Aiden Hill um, going through that second period and then going into the third period um, the, the team would add on to their lead uh, and uh, Tomas Hurdle with his 25th on the season Balsers and Barabanov with the assists there um, again just a, a good to see a player getting another goal that he definitely needed um, yeah. and again I think it doesn't really change the metrics for me too much on on Tomas Hurdle. I think the priority definitely is to resign, but again, if you can't get any kind of movement on the contract, and um, I think we did have uh, we did have someone bring it up here uh, to Chester. Hey, Chester. Yeah, uh, if Ian if Hurdle isn't uh, extended by Tuesday, are you worried? And is that when Wilson begins t- uh, taking calls? I mean, I think yeah. it's not. It's not an either or thing, though, because I don't think, you know, when you start taking calls, that doesn't exclude you from making a deal at the ninth hour. No, uh, but right now, I mean, if if you go by what's being reported right now, they're not taking calls on Tomas Hurdle. Right. 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 So if you can't get pen to paper early this week, and when I said this last show, if you don't get pen to paper early this week like yeah those you have to start making those phone calls it's just jamming malpractice if you don't right and again like i really like tomas hurdle the 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 fan in me obviously doesn't want hurdle to go right because i like i like the player i you know he's one of the 
there, there's there's some players on this team that it's just they're hard to ever be mad at. And Tomas Hurdle's definitely one of those guys where I have a hard time ever finding any real anger towards Tomas Hurdle. Um, so, you know, one of my favorite players. Would it suck to see him go? Absolutely. Do I understand the business and the future of the franchise and everything else? Of course. And I think you can you can do both, right? You can, as a fan, be like, yeah, I really like this player, but you can also understand the business side and be like, okay, yes, if, if he goes and he brings back a huge return, that's going to help the team going forward. Yeah. it's It sucks though, right? But it still sucks. It doesn't make it any easier. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and like, we're not, like if, if Tomas Hurdle's gone to the deadline, I'm not coming on here and, you know, popping champagne all over my computer monitor. No, right? no, I mean, I, think I, I mean, I'll you're... break it down the trade and I'll be, you know, excited about what the future might bring. But, you know, there's there's going to be no victory party here. No, and I, and I think that it's, it's um, you know, I think even if we do re-sign Hurdle, it's still a, um, you know, still a team that's in transition, right? And I, I don't think an automatic signing automatically means that this team is, you know, now signaling that it's going to be continuing to to push forward. I mean, I think it's still going to be some time that the team's going to need to, to recoup. So yeah. I, I, it's going to be it's not bittersweet either way but i think it's bittersweet for sure like it's if he he goes that's bittersweet like but if he stays would that also be bittersweet as well because it's like okay depends on what they it depends on it depends okay so if tomas hurdle stays it really depends on what the next move is right 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 like if Tomas Hurdle stays and then the, the you know and then it's just well we're just gonna you know we're gonna sign some more third liners and this thing's gonna turn around baby well then yeah that's that's bittersweet too um, yeah it, it, that's that's the one problem I think looking like from a future perspective yeah like that's that's problematic right because you want to know you want to like this team has this team seems like a rudderless ship. Right. And so keeping him like, yeah, the, the next move is super important because if we're keeping him, and then we're, if we're keeping him and then keeping everyone else, then yay. Another season of this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we've got some stuff coming in from the chat. Um, you know, somebody asking about uh, what happened to Zingle. Uh, you know, Zingle didn't really show all that much. And, you know, I I think I think that maybe giving him a little bit longer of a leash would have been more prudent. Yes, um, but I also know it's results oriented, so you kind of understand on some yeah, level. The so I so I went and looked, and the the like he had a goal in the I think six games he played. the The fancy stats were not great. Um, right. not that Bob cares about fancy stats, but for the record, like they're not great. Um, I think with the Zingle, like the Zingle was the guy that you claimed at the height of this team's injury woes, where they were just losing guys. And, you know, I, I look at, I, what did you, what did you, you, you got him for nothing, picked him up for nothing, got a goal out of him. He helped, he held you through, um, a, a really tough stretch of hockey where the sharks were absolutely ass. Um, but guys are coming back into the lineup now, right? Like I, I would have probably kept the zingle up. 
I might dress them like obviously like look at you scratch Noah Gregor tonight and you put in Jeffrey Vial, right? Like this is where I have frustration with Bob Bugner because yep. if you're no look at offense hasn't been the problem the last two games, but most most of the season the Sharks have had a problem with offense. I think that's a fair we can all agree on that, right? So what good now not that Noah Gregor's finished a whole lot here, but Noah Gregor's a guy that at least adds offensively, right? He's going to push play. He's going to do things like that. How? Like, look, at I love Jeffrey Vial. Like, Jeffrey Vial is a goddamn psychopath, and I love him. But, but, he's not helping offense, right? So, like, th- this is the problem that I have with the way this team is coached. And this is why I, I get worried, right? Because you want to see guys come up, but... Yeah, but you know, guys, guys are going to get called up, but then it's like, well, you know, Jeffrey Vial and, and Noah Gadjevich have to be in every game. What, like, there's only so many spots to go around. And when you're, again, I, I like Jeffrey Vial. I, I'm not, I don't hate Gadjevich. I'm not in love with Gadjevich. I think if you had to dress one or the other, like I would probably dress Vial because Bob Bugner is going to dress that guy, right? I've accepted that. It's fine. But when you address both and, you know, like those guys always, always get in the lineup and it, sometimes it comes at a cost. Like when you're dressing both of them, you're taking somebody out of the lineup who probably belongs there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we look tonight uh, across the fourth line's minutes and they're actually pretty respectable. Gadjevich with 1050, Scott Reedy with 1228 and, uh, You've got uh, Jeffrey Vial with eleven thirty-five. So, you know, I I don't think. But they're taking. But that but both of those guys in the lineup is taking a spot away from someone who is better. Oh no doubt. Both of those guys are not like those guys should never be in the lineup together. I don't care who we're playing. I don't care how many tough guys you think you need in the lineup. It's like the nineties are over, man. The eighties are even farther behind. Yeah, yeah, and and I think for me at least, I also think that it's kind of um you know i think that they're ahlers at this point right i mean i I don't they are yeah like i mean on most like and again like i love jeffrey vial he's a fucking psychopath but i also acknowledge like on a contending team that guy's not making that guy's not dressing in your bottom six yeah facts like that's just facts yeah. And and again, you could maybe afford you could have maybe afford having those two a Jeffrey Vial and a Gadjevich on a fourth line if your third line was more, you know, more of a offensive weapon than it is, but it, But that's the problem with this the th- team though. The the Sharks exactly. third line should be their fourth line exactly. and you should be dressing better players to fill in that third line. That is the problem with the Sharks. Yep. That's exactly so that's where I was going. Yeah. Yeah, so your your fourth line is basically an HL mucker line. Your third line is an NHL fourth line. Your second line so, is like a like a two C kind of line, right? Because I unfortunately yeah, I don't think oh yeah, the second often... line's good. Like the second line is good. The 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 top two, the top six are fine. For what for what the Sharks have to throw at there right now, the top six are fine. It's the bottom six that. Makes no sense, but it's Bob Bugner, and Bob Bugner's got a Bugner. <laughs> Bob Bugner has got a Bugner. You heard it here first, folks. Uh... 
yeah, no, I, I, I and and look, I think the team. I think it's got some. I mean, it's got some pieces, yes, but I think it's also got some big talent deficiencies. And again, we've talked about that fourth line, it being, uh, you know, a glorified AHL line. Um, yeah, and and I and you can just see the depth is just not there for this team to be a contending team at this moment. So, you know, as much as we like the victory, um, you know, it's kind of hollow at this point. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Like when the first two <laughs> hockey jerk, I love it, Landy. If you say Barabanov isn't a second liner one more time, I'm playing Puck Guys theme song. <laughs> Puck Guys, like I have a theme song. <laughs> what is Puck Guys? There he is. I have a theme. What is Puck Guys theme song? That's I don't, what I want to know. I don't know. Dude. I mean, look, Chad, help me out. <laughs> what is Puck Guys theme song? If, if Puck Guy was a pro wrestler, what is this? What is this music? Uh, I, I don't know. Let's 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 take a look at at Alexander Barabanov. All right. Okay. So Barabanov has 29 points in 49 games. 29 points in 49 games. So almost, okay, so almost 30 points in 50 games. Is that a second liner? Ooh. You know what? I think he is the second liner. I think the guy that I look at as the third liner is Balsers. I think, um, to me, that's, I think, the guy that's a little bit miscast here. I think, hmm. <laughs> AJ Balser sucks. Waits for Dirk to ban me. <laughs> uh, oh, I love AJ. There's Balser's does a lot of things that I really like, but on a contending team, yeah, probably a third liner. Yeah, I mean, let's look at his his stats through 36 games this season. He's got 15 points. Through 41 games last season, he had 17 points. So to me, that's I don't know. I'm gonna say that sounds like a Melker T- Carlson type year, <laughs> but uh, I feel like I'm gonna get blown away. <laughs> the knives are coming out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, PJ 48 bolsters hasn't been healthy. I, I mean, True. I agree. I agree, and uh, it, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I like Bal- like Balsers does a lot of things right. I just, the one flaw in his game, unfortunately, is I don't think he has an NHL shot. Speaking of NHL shots, uh, his lifetime shooting percentage is 10%. And he's taken 100. Which is good. That's fine. 196 shots in his NHL career. 10% is fine. Like, it's, it's okay. Like, I just... Again, like there's just some guys who do a lot of the things right, right? But they just don't finish. Noah Gregor, Noah Gregoritis, um, Balsers has had some pretty decent problems with that this year where he's been in the right place doing all the right things and the puck just doesn't cross the line. And some of that's probably luck. But if you look at a 10% percentage, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty average. So, I mean, like, you know, is it bad luck or what is it? I'm not sure. Oh, DP. Oh, this one's pretty funny. Malcolm was bad getting 50 points. At least Pulsar's is decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got those 15 points despite his play, right? Yeah. Um, well, I think Melker, here's the thing with Melker, right? Like when Melker came on the scene, like everyone remembers that first season Melker was here. Oh, yeah. When he played in the wing with just Jumbo. Filling the friggin' net. Yeah. Right. And then 
he fell back to earth. And I think like that's, you know. <laughs> we probably already have Bill. Uh, oh, oh, uh oh. Here's hockey jerky. He chimes in. Balser's having a career shooting percentage at ten percent. Tells me he needs to shoot more. <laughs> Maybe he does. Like I don't know. Like I, I, I look at. I really like Rudolph Balser's. Um, I just think that again, you know, it's there. He does a lot of the right things. He just needs to put more pucks in. You know, in the net. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Milker's got the Sharks rookie record for consecutive Yeah, man, I remember when he goal. first came here, man. When he first came here, he was, he just, he scored like a bucket of goals. It was fantastic. But again, but, like he was on Jumbo's wing. I mean, who wouldn't score buckets of goals on Jumbo's wing? <laughs> I mean, he literally made, guys. yeah, he literally made, um, Jonathan Chichu a rocket retard winner. It's true. <laughs> Uh, all right. So wrapping up the game, uh, the Sharks would end up <laughs> end up beating the Kings five nothing. Shots on goal being twenty nine twenty seven in favor of the Kings. Sharks go for t- two for three on the power play. They kill the only penalty they faced. Twenty nine hits for the Kings, nineteen for the Sharks. Twenty five block shots for the Sharks, ten for the Kings. Twelve giveaways for the Sharks, seven for the Kings. Don't like that giveaway number, but. When it's a shutout, I'll look X's it. and O's, man. It's bad X's and O's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Skyler saying you could put Ian on Jomo's wing and he could get you 30 points. But Ian's a I'm goalie. A goalie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not right now, you couldn't. Oh, man. I was uh, I was walking. Uh, I don't know how this nothing to do with the show, but I, I was walking and I slept on ice and I did everything to like not smash, like just not eat a bunch of ice. And uh, I survived. Um, I didn't fall, but I pulled my pulled a muscle in my groin and I'm in just agony. And it's been like weeks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not scoring any goals on Jumbo's wing because I'm just not getting from one part of the ice to another. <laughs> I ain't playing goalie either. <laughs> Uh, my career's done, man. My career's over. Yeah, this is it. You know, my last shot. I was going to junior. I mean, my last shot going to play junior this year. You know, at forty-two, um, it's over, man. My career's over. All right, so um, so I guess going a little bit, a little bit beyond the game now, and and talking a little bit about where this puts the team. I mean, does this change? anything on on people's trade value jesus fuck no <laughs> yeah oh okay on on the trade value yeah. I, I don't think so i think i think look at like again maybe you know if a guy heats up at the right time maybe he pops up on someone else's radar but for the most part like teams have professional scouts right and they've they know way ahead of time like you remember how doug wilson always talked about how he had his like his shadow roster yep like all teams have that, right? They have guys that they're like, oh, you know, if this guy became available, we could slot him in here and whatever. Like, so I don't think this changes anything. Like, I think if you're, I think obviously like injuries can obviously maybe change things. Like, I think if you're a team like the Colorado Avalanche, for example, who just lost Gabriel Landeskog to injury, I think Tomas Hurdle looks really, really nice all of a sudden. Like, maybe. You know, maybe you're a little more inclined to 
to throw a few more things in to make sure like if he does go to market, that trade goes your way. But I think overall, like they guys already know who they kind of, who they're going to go after. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, like, Oh, this guy got really hot in the last week. You know, now it's three seconds or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that changes (laughs) all the seconds. (laughs) Um, well, I mean, so now if I'm just looking at his points correctly, he had how many do you have tonight? He had two points or three points? Two goals and an assist or just two goals? Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I can't remember. Two goals for sure. <laughs> two goals for sure. Um two goals, just two goals. Yeah, okay, two goals. so twenty five twenty five goals, so that puts him at what, forty four points? Forty five points. Mm-hmm. Forty five points and I'm just I'm trying to think, you know, you could probably gauge him as like a two A, one B kind of center. I think most contending teams, he's probably your number two center. And okay. if your number two center is Tomas Hurdle, you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Like if your if your top line is good enough that Tomas Hurdle is your number two center, you're you're in good shape. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm just saying I'm I'm just thinking about comparable trades. I'm thinking, you know, the Jack Eichel trade that kind of seems not that it's Jack Eichel's a different thing though because of the term left on his deal, oh, that's the true. age factor. Yeah. Like Jack Eichel's what, three years younger, four years younger than Hurdle? Yeah. Anything any any comparable trades come to mind, uh, Ian and not off the top of my head. You'd think I'd have like something in my brain, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, this to me, this is your like to me. If I'm Doug Wilson, I want, I want a first. I want a prospect, and then I want something else. A first prospect and something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I want, and I want like a good prospect. Yeah. Like not, you know, I don't want your beat your pro. I want an a, a prospect. Right. You want you want at least the organization's two second or third best prospect out of the pool. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you're probably not getting I mean, unless depending on who you're trading with. Right. Like if maybe you can extract their best prospect out of them, if they're you know, if they're just a team that's flush with players that, you know, their their number one prospects going to have a hard time getting into the lineup regularly, you know, again, like the Sharks used to trade away first like they were candy but yeah i i think yeah it's it's got to be like jerk i think has it right like jerk's right first round pick a prospect bc replacement player yeah that's that's probably what i am looking for in a trade yeah yeah what about for bear bonoff i mean what do you what do you think for a good deal for him to re-sign here would be or if you were going to try and extract some value out of him, you know, what, what, what could he trade? Um, I want to hit something in the chat first. Like, oh, uh, yeah. we got a first for Goudreau. Yeah. But like, <laughs> that's not a normal, like that Goudreau, like, that's just not a normal thing. Right. Like, like that the first for Goudreau like don't I I wouldn't like I wouldn't look at that and be like oh well if Goudreau's worth a worth a first then you have to get xyz lmnop like it's just that's a that's an oddity like that's just 
I don't know how Doug Wilson got a first for Barkley Goodrow, but that's that's not normal, <laughs> right? Like that's not a normal return for a player of that caliber. Well, and, and, and and as Dirk said, and he has the one year for yeah, yeah Goodrow did have the the year left too, which you know obviously was a factor. He had he had another year on a on a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, you're you're like hurdle could be strictly a rental for whoever picks him up. I just I wouldn't. I if if you're using the Goodrow trade as like your marker for good or bad trade, I just I I don't think that's I wouldn't do it because I just think that trade is it's it's a fluky win for Doug Wilson that one. Like I don't know how he did it. Uh, again, the the year left on Goodrow's contract on a, just a song of a deal definitely helped but yeah i don't know yeah um okay and then i guess barabanov what do you what do you want to do for for a re-sign for him and what you know would you let him walk if he asked for x amount um barabanov's a tricky one right because i really like what barabanov's done this year but Again, you know, the NHL is littered with flash-in-the-pan guys that come into the league late, light it up, and then fall into oblivion mm-hmm. on bad deals after. So I'm really buyer beware on Bar- on Barabano for that reason, just because history hasn't always been kind to that type of player getting paid off of a small chunk of games like Barabanov's played I think 70 NHL games at this point 71 72 maybe mm-hmm. um I don't know Barabanov's a guy I I probably like I would do three by three yeah three I by think three by three I I like three by three is the highest I would go mm-hmm. I might even you know I might even like I because I think he's gonna want some term if I if I had my way, like my absolute way, I'm going like two and a half by one, and you can show me again next year, and then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I would do, but I don't think that's going to get it done. And look, it he's not he's not an RFA. Like he he can walk after the season, so he does have that leverage that he can go and test the market. Um. So I mean, if but he's another guy where. I don't know if you would get a significant return for him, um, but he's another guy. If like if you can't get pen to paper quickly, um, if someone calls about him, I probably take that call. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. because what, what 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 like even if he even if he goes for for you know let's say he goes for like a fourth round pick, right? Yeah. Okay. Great. So you, you gain a fourth round pick you didn't have before, and then I circle back to him in the summer. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's he's a guy like he's 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 a good player, and he's a guy that would be depending on what the plan is going forward. Like he's a guy that can definitely, you know, either be a stopgap or maybe he's a guy who can, you know, still be a decent player when things finally start to turn. But I, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And we don't know how long it's going to take to turn around. So I think for me, it's a case of if you don't get him in at the number that you want, then you just need to maximize value on him. Um, 
and yeah, that's kind of where, kind of where I think I seem to sit with you guys. Yeah. On it. Um. Okay. So that kind of being said, um, and this game kind of being wrapped up in the books, Ian. Anything else on the radar that you want to, you know, see from the team coming up? Um, any any kind of big things that you got going on? Insofar as, um, maybe markers or, or placeholders in the in the season that you know we're coming up on a big one being the trade deadline. But you know, is there anything else that you need to see from this team to kind of get agreed on? Okay, where is it going? Is it? it I, I mean, I think the trade deadline will reveal a lot. But yeah, um, anything else that you're kind of keeping your eyes out on? I mean, it's, it's again, it's, it, I, I think the hurdle thing is going to really, really tell what this team is doing. Yeah. Because if hurdle goes, it's, it's clearly a rebuild at that point. You're, if you're not rebuilding, you're not recreate. Like it, it's, it's a full, like at that point, it's a full rebuild because yeah. you don't just replace a guy like Tomas Hurdle, right? Like you're not going to let hurdle go or trade him for whatever and then, go find a new hurdle in free agency, right? If that is your plan, then you just keep hurdle. Um, if they keep hurdle, it's going to be interesting to see like this summer is, I think going to tell us a lot, right? The kind of moves they make, if there's any buyouts this summer, if you know, like those are the kind of things that I'm interested in seeing, like, is there going to be any more buyouts this summer who, you know, I think Tomas hurdle is obviously the big fish on the sharks, but if they, depending on who else they move, you know, I think that that's that's going to be the key. It's like, what is the it's going to give us a, a direction of where they're going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK, Chester, just kind of chiming in. Um, honestly, believe that the deadline will come and go and the Sharks won't do anything, even if Hurdle wasn't signed prior. I mean, that's definitely it's it's possible. possible. I mean, then you better hope that you get Hurdle pen to paper after like you don't want you do not want to have the sharks do what the islanders did with john Tavares. yeah i think that is the nightmare right. scenario for everybody that's the nightmare scenario isn't it yep <laughs> trade um, <Bugner. laughs> lanical trade Bugner. yeah i mean i i'm not a bob Bugner guy uh at all um i think if you're going to go and start moving guys and that'll be interesting too. If like, if hurdle does go like AJ in the chat saying like, you know, Burns and EK are going to be like, trade me right now. Well, good luck getting traded. EK. Um, but you know, that'll be interesting too. It'll, it'll be cause the hurdle thing is, is the big domino. Once that falls, we'll, we'll kind of have an idea because if hurdle goes then obviously, yeah, we're rebuilding. And then, you know, we'll see who, even though it's hard to get things out of the sharks, but like, we'll see who, else request trades like you know if we see a bunch of guy request trades then obviously yeah this thing's going to get stripped to the bolts maybe maybe it doesn't i'm not sure yeah yeah no i i agree so that all being said ian um i think that'll wrap it up for this evening um any final thoughts and you know where the people can find you and uh yeah uh you can find me on twitter at ian blogs hockey on the twitter machine um like i said i'm pretty sociable if you have any comments questions if you just want to tell me i'm an asshole i mean come do it i be cool, <laughs> cool. Well, you... <laughs> well yeah 
and as for me, I mean, you can use my first name. That's Eric, E-R-I-K, Landy, L-A-N-D-I, across all of the social media garbage. Uh, in case you have missed us and you want to catch us some more, check us out across all of the podcasting platforms, that being the Apple Podcast Store, Google Play Store, the YouTube Rewind, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, check out everything else and more. On I, do, I do. I do. Have, I do want to say something oh, before we go. He does want to say one more um, thing. Yeah. So, so instead of so we we've got a new plan now, right? So, um, <laughs> instead of instead of the reach round, the reach round is now dead. Anyone who does the reach round has to deal with me, and no one wants to deal with me. Right. So, it's what we're going to do instead is we are going to start. I I generally I'll probably still reply to the comments on the YouTube chat in like in text, but I think what we'd like to do going forward is we would like to take your comments on the YouTube channel for this video uh and then we will address them on the next video instead of the channel. We kind of did that today because I we did talk about Barabanov, which was one of the uh comments in the last thing. So I kind of covered that topic without us doing it like specifically. Um and again like and this isn't like don't be afraid like this isn't like we're not going to beat up on you or anything or be like oh my god look at this idiot posted right like it's it's going to be like legit you know constructive constructive comments based on your comments from the last video so if you leave a comment below on this show then on the next show uh we'll hit those up and we'll you know we'll we'll definitely we'll give it some time to uh to be discussed on the show um it's better than telling you scores that you can look at your fucking phone for uh, and, uh, you know, it gets our interactions up. It makes, I think it makes you happy. makes us happy. And, uh, no one has to die because we do the reach round. It's, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So let's see if I get this right. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Thank you. And, uh, have a great night, everybody. <laughs>